It's the 2022 World Cup. It's the squad update for Iran. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be updating Iran's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, We have done a podcast on the groups, which took a close look at Iran's team, as well as a player media cast, which went through each of the candidates uh, for making the final squad. And there are also short versions of those. The player edition ended with a prediction of the starters, and we'll do the same thing here. Uh, This media cast is an addendum to that uh, long, full version of the players podcast. Uh, So we won't be repeating all of that information. We will be summarizing the key information and uh, adding on to it here. Uh, It's not necessary to listen to that version, but the conclusions we draw here are both based on that uh, information and uh, explain it in more detail. So we do recommend the full player podcast, but uh, if we have time, we are hoping to release a player version uh, focused solely on the final squad, giving the bios of just those 26 players or 25 in the case of Iran who, who made it to the final squad. So uh, the final squad has been released and today we'll find out how accurate we were in our predictions. Uh, we're going to list the names of the candidates we considered uh, and then announce who made the preliminary squad. Uh, there is one for Iran. They had a 30-player preliminary squad. And then uh, the uh, final squad. So as we guessed, most squads had a few surprises, players who didn't make it or new unexpected players who did. Uh, we'll go over those and summarize them again at the end or near the end. Uh, we'll also discuss whether the selections and games played since June 2022 have changed our thoughts Uh, on our predicted starters and the team's prospects. So um, here I am. Uh, uh, I think I have a better shirt than I had for the full-length Iran podcast because at least here I have their colors. And I bought this Iran shirt when I was in Tehran uh, visiting. No, okay, that's a lie. I've never been to Tehran. And it's not not an Iran shirt. I'm sorry, Iran fans. It's a Mexico shirt, just has the same colors that Iran has and uh, the same colors in the flag at least and i apologize i hope it's not an insult but um anyway i'm working on my shirt collection i will work on my shirt collection i promise and i want to get one from uh, iran anyway this will have to do in the meantime let's move on with the podcast and we begin with the uh, formations that they've used over the last while so uh we kind of go back to the way back to the Asian Cup in uh, uh, 2019 for this. Um, But actually, we'll focus our attention uh, mostly on the uh, game since June 2022. So uh, one pattern we do notice in all of those games is a four-man back line. So uh, two central defenders and two outside defenders. So that's been consistent through the various formations that they have. And it's not as varied as all that. Most of the time, it's... um, five midfielders uh, with two rows of midfielders, uh, maybe a two and a three or a one and a four. Um, but uh, most of the time, five midfielders and one forward. However, sometimes it's two forwards and a couple of times they've used a uh, 
a 4-4-2 formation or a 4-3-3 formation. Uh, I might say that um, because they used a 4-3-3 formation in two of the friendlies that maybe they're favoring that. Um, but I kind of have the feeling that overall they favor uh, a two-line a two um, five-man midfield and one forward. Uh, but we'll have to see because they only did that once in the uh, in the friendlies there. Um, let me talk a little bit about those friendlies. Uh, the games were uh, in June. They played uh, Algeria. That was in Iran, and it was a 1-2 loss to Algeria. And then they played two games in September, uh, both of them in Austria. One was against Uruguay, where they won 1-0, so that was a good sign. Uh, the other was against Senegal. They tied 1-1. And the last one, uh, a bit odd, uh, in Iran against Nicaragua, um, where, which was a 1-0 win. So the formations uh, for those games were 4-3-3, for the first and third games, a 4-1-4-1, which they have used um, a few times uh, in the World Cup qualifying round. And finally, a 4-1-3-2. So they've never used that formation before. And that leads me nicely into saying that the November game was quite experimental. Uh, I'll come to that uh, uh, in a second. But first, I should point out the the new manager, Quiros, um, well, not a new manager because he had coached them uh, in the past and kind of came back for his second stint coaching Iran, uh, came back in September. So he had a lot to do um, with the cup uh, looming ahead and only uh, three games to play. So he had a lot to do in the September games. For those games, he seemed to go with small variations, the uh, kind of regular cast of characters, uh, maybe moving them around the field a little bit, but uh, no big changes there. Uh, maybe he returned to some of the systems he employed uh, in his first time as manager. Uh, Iranian fans may be kind of more familiar with what he uh, uh, what systems he used when he was in uh, than I am. Uh, but uh, the November game was very experimental, which actually surprised me because it was his last game before the World Cup. So I was kind of expecting to see, you know, a close to starting squad uh, to play in that game uh, before the World Cup, uh, not the experimental squad that he used. So not only an experimental formation, but a lot of the players, some of them which he didn't end up selecting, uh, a lot of kind of unused players and players out of position and uh, uh, stuff like that. So I got to say, I found it a, a little bit odd, but um, I'm not the manager, so it's not up to me, is it? <laughs> okay, well, uh, the manager is, as we move on to the uh, uh, looking at the squad, the manager is uh, Carlos Cuero. So uh, we won't go through the whole introduction that we did in the... Um, full player podcast. You can go back and check that if you want the full history. But uh, long story short, he was their manager uh, from uh, 2011 to 2019. So for a long time there. And um, uh, he took them through the uh, uh, World Cup 2014 and the 2015 Asian Cup, as well as the 2018 World Cup. So very familiar with the team there. Uh, in the meantime, a couple of managers came and went, and then he came back in early September 
2022. So he was uh, uh, the manager for those September friendlies. And uh, here he is. So uh, we are going to see some changes uh, because of that. And uh, it, it's actually kind of a theme of this podcast, kind of trying to keep an eye out for the changes um, that we see under the new manager. Uh, so again, after the September games, I didn't see a lot of changes and the November games kind of threw me for a loop. But uh, anyway, there we have it. Uh, Carlos Queiroz, the manager, and uh, we will say that he was selected for the final squad. Okay, well, the way we're going to do this is we'll go through the names first and then we'll announce who was selected for the preliminary and final squad. And then we'll do a kind of a summary uh, of the um, uh, position uh, with an eye especially to those friendly games. Although I got to say, there's not a lot of point in talking about the November friendly because I really don't see that as the starting team. Um, so it'll mostly be the September games uh, that we'll be focusing on. Okay, well, let's look at the... Um, uh, let's look at the uh, goalkeepers. So we have... Uh, we had as definite candidates uh, Ali Reza uh, Berenvand and Amir uh, Abedzade uh, as definite candidates. And then we had uh, Hossein Hosseini uh, and Payam Niazmand, uh, both as possible candidates. And finally, we had um, Mohamed Reza Akbari as a uh, as a uh, possible but unlikely candidate. Well, I gotta say, all of them were chosen for the preliminary squad. Um, so I'll highlight them uh, in light blue if that's the case. Um, Mohammed Reza Akbari. Uh, but I'm going to delay on highlighting the others because, uh, to my surprise, four keepers were brought to the cup rather than most teams that have three. So all of the others making the final squad Ali Reza Berenvan and Abed Zayda, uh, the Amir Abed Zayda, and also Hossein Hosseini, and uh, maybe most surprisingly, a Payam uh, Niazmand uh, making the final squad. So uh, we had, uh, even though we had him as a possible candidate, uh, I thought he would be the one uh, left off. Okay, well, let's summarize the position then. And mostly it was uh, Berenvan since 2021, but um, Abedze came in for several games towards the end of World Cup qualifying. Um, and then uh, Abedzeda and Hosseini each played one friendly, uh, and I'm including the June friendly here, and Birenvan played two of the friendlies, including the November friendly, so one of the few kind of candidates that I consider starters uh, playing on that squad uh, in November. So we'll talk about at the end uh, where that leaves us in terms of our predictions for starters, but we won't deal with uh, our thoughts on who are starters here. You can maybe think about it in your own mind and then compare with, uh, with what we think at the end. Okay, uh, moving on, we have central defenders. So we begin with Shoja uh, um, Khalilzadeh as a definite candidate he's the only uh, definite candidate we have here and uh, or we had because these are based on the uh, full-length podcast that we did uh, before the september games uh, likely candidates we had majid hosseini and hossein kanani and then um 
possible candidates. Now we have quite a few here. Uh, possible candidates Arif Agassi and Arif Golami and Farshad Faraji. Uh, all possible candidates. And I think I'll speed things up a bit here by saying that none of them made the squad. So we're going to eliminate them from the list uh, here. And then uh, possible but unlikely uh, candidates. We had uh, Armin uh, Sorabian and Siavash Yazdani. Uh, but those two didn't make the squad either. And then we had... Um, uh, oh, I think that was a mistake, uh, retired. Uh, I think it should be, seems to be off the squad. Um, anyway, uh, Morteza uh, Puraleganji, um, seemingly off the squad. And uh, um, the last one, Pejman Montezeri, uh, was kind of a retired candidate. And uh, he uh, is not on the squad. Um and uh, we'll actually update um, an injury, uh, uh, a couple of injuries here. Anyway, um, Morteza uh, Puraganji uh, did make the squad, even though he was uh, seems to be seems to be off the squad uh, at the time we did the last podcast. Um, and all of the others made it. So uh, Shoja uh, Khalilzade. Um, making the squad, Majid Hosseini and Hossein Kanani uh, all making the squad. So that makes it uh, four central defenders uh, that they brought to the cup and a, and a whole bunch uh, who they didn't. Now let's just update a couple of uh, injuries because they had a lot of injury concerns here. Uh, Khalil Zadeh uh, was out with a hernia from March to June, but he has uh, recovered from that. So uh, Iranian fans must have been worried about the defense and the number of injury concerns when we uh, last did the podcast, but uh, they're all recovered. Majid Hosseini had a, a calf problem that we had mentioned. Uh, that came to nothing. It only lasted a couple of weeks. So just happened to be around the time we did the podcast or the media cast, I'm trying to call them. And also, um, Morteza um, Puro Ganji, I think actually when we did the podcast, I wasn't really sure uh, what happened, and I was surprised that he had last appeared on the bench in June 2021. It turns out he had been out with a ruptured knee ligament from July 2021 uh, to February 2022. So he was out for a long time, but he came back um, didn't come back that quickly because I don't think we were aware of him when we did the last podcast, but now he is back and selected for the squad. So um, I'm sure Iranians will be uh, happy to have him back. Okay, let us uh, summarize the position. Uh, it was a bit confusing in the period from 2021 with a lot of players coming in and out, uh, including out-of-position players. So... Um, uh, a defensive midfielder, Nuraf Khan, uh, I, and I think he's been recoded actually to a, to a defender, uh, a left defender though. And uh, there was another player, uh, Sarlak, I think, who played uh, in defence in the November game. So a lot of confusion. On top of that, uh, the injuries and um, uh, poor Al Ganji's return and the new manager made it uh, that much more complex. 
So uh, we were hoping the September friendlies would help clarify things here, but uh, they didn't with a different pairing every time. And uh, across the uh, three or maybe even four games, um, Hosseini was the only one to appear twice. So that's going to make um, our uh, choice of a starter quite difficult, but that's going to come at the end of the podcast when we talk about that. So let's move on to left-backs. And we have two likely candidates, uh, Esan Hajisafi. Um, well, he's labelled as a left-back, but in fact he plays all over the field and, and only sometimes played as a left-back, more, more like a left midfielder. Uh, but as I say, kind of all over the field. Uh, and uh, Milad Mohammadi, uh, also a likely candidate. Uh, possible but unlikely candidates were Abel Fazl uh, Jalali and Jafar Salmani. Um, Jafar Salmani. Now, um, uh, oh, and I've also moved a player. Uh, I've moved a player over here, and it was the uh, player I just talked about as a central defender. And actually, he, uh, um, I think we had him coded as a definite, uh, which actually, uh, as I'm telling you here, surprises me. Uh, it's Omid uh, Nur, uh, Nurafkan. Uh, Omid Nurafkan. Uh, so we've, um, as I said, his designation on, on my main source has changed to a left defender. We did have him as a uh, as a defensive midfielder, and he did play in central defence and in left defence during this period, and I think only once as a defensive or central midfielder. So Omid uh, Nurafkan. And the reason we had him as a definite was he started um, uh, eight uh, of their 16 games, including the last six up until uh, June, and he was subbed in for two and on the bench for one. So uh, we thought he would be a definite candidate, but ooh, how wrong we were. He made the preliminary squad, but he did not make the final cut. So that was a bit of a surprise. Um, okay, but our two likely candidates, Esan Hajisafi, is. Uh, is um, uh, going to the World Cup, as is Milad Mohammadi, uh, both of them selected for the final squad. And then uh, one of our possible but unlikely uh, candidates, uh, Abul Fazl Jalili, uh, was selected for the final squad, but uh, Jafar Salmani was not, so we'll eliminate him from the, uh, from the list here. But we had Abul Fazl uh, Jalili as a possible but unlikely. I think I'm repeating myself there, so I'll just go straight to the uh, summary of the position. So um, the position was mostly shared among uh, three of these players, Mohammadi, Hajutafi, and Nurafkan, uh, with no particular pattern. Uh, we noted towards the end that Mohammadi seemed uh, increasingly out of the picture, while Jalali played two of the three friendlies at the end, uh, with Hajitafi playing the other. So uh, once again, we'll talk about uh, who, among that kind of messy description, uh, who we think emerges as the uh, starting left back there, but that discussion uh, coming at the end. Let's move on to right backs. And we have a definite candidate in uh, Sadeg Morahami and a likely candidate in uh, Saleh Hardani and a possible candidate in uh, Daniel uh, Esmailifar and possible but unlikely candidate 
Medishiri. And um, again, I'm not sure if this was uh, is truly retired or off the squad, but we had two players who uh, at least were seemingly off the squad. And uh, Ramin uh, Rezaeen um, was one of those, and the other was uh, Boria Gafuri. I'm pretty sure he is retired. Well, we know that, uh, uh, okay, uh, Buria Gafuri is off the squad. We know that Ramin uh, Rezaian is not off the squad because he was selected, believe it or not, by the manager. And um, let's go back to the top. And uh, Sadeg Morahami uh, was selected for the final squad. But surprisingly, uh, because we had him as a likely candidate, uh, Saleh Hardani uh, was not selected. So we're going to mark him in red here because that came as a bit of a surprise to us. And I wonder if the manager kind of um, um, recalled uh, Rezaeen in from the cold. Uh, Rezaeen had not played since the November 2019. So... Um, uh, quite a while ago, if the manager uh, was perhaps uh, uh, favoured him and uh, kind of replaced Hardani uh, with him, that's what I'm guessing uh, kind of happened there. Anyway, uh, Daniel S. Malefar, uh was not selected, so we can remove him. And uh, Mehdi Shiri also not selected. So uh, just those two there, uh, Mo, uh, Moharami and Rezaeen going to the World Cup. Okay, we move on to midfielders, and we have quite a few uh, defensive and central midfielders. So let's begin with the the ones coded as defensive midfielders. And uh, Saeed uh, Ezatolahi, Saeed Ezatolahi, uh, a definite candidate. And uh, we moved uh, Omid uh, Nurafkan uh, from defensive midfielder to... Uh, left back there, left defense. So we'll remove him from this list here, but he did make the squad. And um, we have Milad Sarlak, who I mentioned. He's a defensive midfielder, but uh, in the November game played uh, in central defense. Um, and Omid Ibrahimi uh, as a possible candidate. Sarlak, by the way, we had as a likely candidate. And we also have a new candidate here, and the new candidate is uh, Ruzbe Chesmi. Ruzbe Chesmi. Um, so uh, I've already highlighted him in green because uh, um, uh, he was added to the squad. We didn't cover him in the uh, in the previous uh, podcast, and I'll tell you why. He had been off the team for about three and a half years uh, before he was called up in November in 2022 for their last friendly there. So uh, he had been on uh, the team. He's actually been on Iran since 2017 and has 18 caps and one goal and is 28 years old. And uh, he plays for uh, Esteglal in Iran. That's his second time uh, with that club since 2021 in his second stint. Sorry, I just had to clean my throat there and I have to do it again. 
Okay, sorry, Ruzabe Chesme. So uh, he's actually been in some tournaments too. He was a, a starter in the uh, 2018 World Cup. Uh, started and finished game one, but he suffered a muscle injury in training, which ended his tournament. He was also called up to the Asian Cup in 2019, but there he was just a substitute. And then, as I said, pretty much uh, since that time after the 2019 Asian Cup was off the team and then just made his way back at the very end. So again, perhaps a player that the manager uh, liked and brought back in from the cold. Um, Ruse Bay Chesme. So uh, let's go through the candidates again because I haven't told you which one's made it yet. So Saeed Ezatulahi, uh, uh, the definite candidate, was selected for the squad. Uh, but again, we're surprised because one of our likely candidates did not make it despite playing in that November game. Milad Sarlek selected for the preliminary squad but not making the final cut here. Uh, and also Omid Ibrahimi. Uh, he was selected for the preliminary score, but it wasn't so much that he didn't make the final cut. Uh, it was that he recently, very recently, uh, after November 10th, picked up a groin injury, uh, picked up a joint injury, and he is expected to recover from that in January 2023. So that rules him out of the cup. So we had him as a possible candidate, so it's hard to say if he would have been chosen. I did read one article that uh, kind of expressed a bit of, you know, regret. Oh, no, we've lost Ibrahimi, which would suggest that uh, that he was going to be selected. And he was uh, uh, on the preliminary squad. Um, but uh, uh, whether he would have made the final squad uh, being fit, we're not too sure. Before summarizing the position, we'll move on and do the central midfielders. So we have uh, Ahmad uh, Nurulahi as a definite candidate. And then we have um, possible candidates Kamal uh, Kamyabinya and uh, Mehdi Medipur. And we have possible but unlikely candidate Yasin Salmani. And finally, retired candidate uh, Ashkan Dejaga, a, a bit of a loss there. He was a real veteran. He was the captain of the team, uh, but uh, retired. And so uh, uh, Ashkan Dejaga is uh, gone, so we'll erase him from the list. And um, none of these candidates beyond uh, Ahmad Nurulahi uh, made it. So we'll um, highlight Nurulahi in green for those who are uh, following the uh, uh uh, YouTube, where you can see the visuals. I'm, I'm trying to say things so that so that uh, we're not relying on the visuals uh, for our podcasting audience, our audio audience. Uh, anyway, Kamal Kamyabinya, uh, uh, not selected, and nor was Medi, Medipur. Um, so just Ahmad Nurahali. Oh, and uh, Yas, uh, Yasin Salmani, the possible but unlikely candidate, uh, not making it. However, we do have a new candidate, uh, or uh, another player who's kind of been recalled to the squad uh, to to um, be descriptive about it. Uh, Ali Karimi um, selected, again, kind of one of the uh, selections from uh, uh, out of the blue. And um, he has been on the team before. I'll introduce him because we didn't cover him in the podcast. We had thought him off the squad. Uh, he last appeared for the national team in November 2020. So that's why we uh, didn't include him in the list. Nevertheless, 
uh, unexpectedly named to the preliminary and then the final squad. So here we have him. He's been on the team, Ali Karimi, since 2016 and has 13 caps and is 28 years old. And he plays for Kayserispor in Turkey uh, since 2021. He actually played uh, in Qatar as well, Qatar, where the World Cup is going to be held. He was there in 2021 and uh, um, also played for Dinamo Zagreb in 2016-17. So uh, he returned to Iran after that, but has played abroad uh, a couple of times. Uh, in terms of tournaments, though, he never made it to a tournament. So um, um, in the 2018 World Cup, he made the preliminary squad, but not the uh, final cut there. And same thing in Asian Cup two, uh, 2019. Uh, made the preliminary squad, but not the final cut. So I suppose he was thinking, uh, you know, he's always close, but never quite there and was drifting away from the squad. And lo and behold, the manager gets him a phone call and brings him up to the squad. So good for Ali Tarimi um, there. All right. So let's summarize the position of uh, the positions of defensive and central midfielders. So in the last round of World Cup qualifying, uh, Nura Hali and uh, Eza Tolahi emerged as the main players uh, in the central midfield. And um, when it was just one of them, uh, Eza Tolahi was usually the one. Uh, and when it was two of them, uh, Nura Hali was uh, often his partner. But sometimes it was three. Uh, three central midfielders, and um, that becomes very confusing because the third central midfielder, or maybe if either Ezatolahi or Nurahali was replaced, uh, that came from a pool of around five different players. So it would be hard to kind of summarize um, in a simple way. But I will say that most of them were not uh, defensive or central midfielders. Most of them were wingers or attackers kind of coming into the position. So we will meet those candidates and I'll kind of mention uh, the ones who played in central midfield. All right, let's move on to left midfielders. And uh, we had some shifting around to do here uh, because we kind of revised the way we view the positions on the field. So uh, after doing or through the process of doing all the um, uh, podcast for the uh, the full length podcast for the teams. We began to see more and more the left midfielders and right midfielders as kind of um, more defensive roles, more like kind of central midfielders who are on the right or on the left. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, so, um, so we're going to reclassify uh, some of these. Uh, Mehdi Tarimi. Uh, well, he's not. None of these are defensive players. That's why we're moving them up. So actually, uh, we, we're going to put him as a left winger. Although during this period, he he played more um, he played more as a forward than as a left midfielder. But he has played as a left midfielder, uh, or sorry, as a left winger before. So we're going to put him there. That leaves us with no players who are uh, actually. Uh, kind of defensive left midfielders. On the right, we're going to do the same thing. Um, Ali Reza Jahan Baksh uh, is not a defensive player, so we're going to move him to right wingers. And I got to say that my sources, um, uh, I see that some of my sources are doing the same thing, kind of reclassifying these players, um, uh, not necessarily the way I am here, because 
uh, um, but uh, anyway, doing it because the uh, position that they're labelled under doesn't really describe what they do. So um, right midfielder also likely candidate Mehdi Torabi. We're going to move him to, uh, um, is that left or right? Left uh, winger two. So um, we'll just put him there and we'll talk to him. Uh, we'll talk about him in a moment when we finish with the defensive end of the field. So now we have no candidates as left or right midfielders. However, they do use the position in, uh, well, quite often actually uh, in their formations. We're really kind of thinking of a three-man midfield or it could be a five-man midfield with two wingers there. And... Um, but the position of left midfielders was covered in our discussion of uh, defensive and central midfielders. So Noura Halley uh, is on the left of the central midfield about half the time. But then other players like uh, the versatile Haji Safi or Vahid Amiri uh, may also uh, uh, pop up here. Uh, so we had... Um, Yes, okay. And then on the right side, uh, again, this too was covered in our discussion of defensive and central midfielders. But unlike the uh, left side, there's no real candidate here that we can say plays the position uh, often. Uh, we do have uh, Godos and Golizade who we'll meet soon, uh, sometimes covering the position. But really, there was a wide variety of players, uh, both on the right and left midfield, uh, kind of covering that position. So I hope that's not too confusing. Uh, it was confusing for me, and I tried to sort it out in a, in a simple way to present here, but it seemed like... Um, uh, it seems like no matter how much you try to simplify it, it's pretty complex. All right, well, we'll kind of move to um, uh, the forwards because I'm going to, uh, for, for Iran, I'm going to consider the left wingers uh, as part of the forward line. And the reason is that uh, for that is because the left wingers and the left attacking midfielders are often the same players. So there are no kind of... Uh, right backs moving up to the left wing as there are on some other teams for Iran. Rather, it's kind of uh, more attacking players playing on the left wing. And a lot of times they, in a different formation, will play as left attacking midfielder. And honestly, from time to time in a 4-3-3, they may appear as the left forward. And the same thing is true on the right side. Okay, so I'll stop yapping about it and get back to the players. So uh, we have as a definite candidate Mehdi Tarimi, although uh, in this period he's played more as a forward. And we also have a likely candidate Mehdi Torabi. And um, we have Mehdi uh, Gaedi. Also, and he was a possible candidate, and then seemingly off the squad, Mohamed Mohebi. So those last two candidates, Mehdi Gaedi, didn't make the squad, and nor did uh, Mohamed Mohebi. However, uh, well, no surprise, because he's probably their biggest player, Mehdi Tarami, uh, did make the squad, and uh, Mehdi Tarami uh, also uh, uh, selected for the final squad. Uh, okay, and let's move on now to uh, the right side of the pitch. Oh, no, I got to summarize the left side here. So, um, 
as we say, often the same players who play left wing and left attacking midfielder, uh, so we combine them. But uh, Iran's complexities begin to show here uh, by the fact that neither of these players, Tarimi or Tarabi, uh, played that much. I think uh, Tarabi might have in the November game played as a left attacking midfielder or left forward. But uh, basically, Mehdi and Tarabi. Uh, sorry, Tarimi and, and Tarabi were not the left wingers. Instead, it was kind of the versatile attacking Bahid Marini, uh, Bahid Arimi. Oh my God, I'm losing my tongue. Bahid Amiri, or the right winger uh, Jahan Bakesh, um, playing on the uh, left side. So uh, this changed in the friendlies. Uh, and perhaps under the new manager, with a different player there every time. So in the friendlies, Tarimi and Tarabi both played, as well as uh, Ansi Farad uh, both played. So maybe changing under the manager, I'm going to make that point a little bit later, but uh, Amiri and Jahan Bakesh for most of World Cup qualifying, and then uh, changes in the friendly, in the friendlies at the end. Okay, let's move on to right wingers and right attacking midfielders. So same situation on this side. And this is where we find Ali Reza Jahan Baksh, uh, Jahan Bakesh. And uh, he is a definite candidate over here, as is uh, Ali uh, Golizadeh. So both of those definite candidates. Uh, we also have possible but unlikely, so we move right down to possible but unlikely, Shurush Rafe. And uh, we have two players who seem to be off the squad, Merdad Mohammadi and Siamak Namati. Uh, Namati uh, both of those um, not making the squad. And also uh, Shurush Rafe. Uh, the possible but unlikely candidate not making the squad, so no surprises there. Uh, and the uh, uh, the first two candidates we mentioned are um, uh, Jahan Bakesh and um, Ali Golizadeh. And I've just realized with a bit of embarrassment that uh, uh, Mehdi Tarimi is uh, a right winger, not a left winger. So uh, I should have uh, dealt with him. Sorry, uh, Mehdi Torabi. I should have dealt with him uh, over here. So um, anyway, there we have it. So I'll summarize uh, Ali Reza Jahan Bakash and Ali uh, uh, Golizadeh and Mehdi Torabi. Um, it doesn't matter so much with Mehdi Torabi because he didn't really start any of their games except, I think, for that uh, November friendly. So we don't need to talk about him in terms of where he is positioned on the field. So uh, that's my justification for my, my mistake, coding him as a left winger rather than a right winger. And uh, by gum, I'm going to stick with that no matter how much I'm blamed. Okay, uh, let's summarize the position. And uh, we saw that Jahan Bakesh started the first few games of World Cup qualification on the left side. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, on the left side, yes. Not the first few games of qualification. He started uh, on the right side in World Cup qualification. Then he moved over to the left. Uh, under the new manager, or maybe even shortly before in the game in June, he came back to the right side and um, my sense is that the new manager seems to prefer him uh, as a right as a right winger. Uh, in between, um, 
Golizade uh, was regularly in the position. So basically when Jahan Bakesh was over on the left side, Golizade was here on the right side. And he also played one friendly there, uh, which is uh, kind of suggestive that they're now kind of sharing the spot. Uh, Golizade was also sometimes playing uh, more like a, a, a right central midfielder uh, as well. Okay, let us go on to attacking midfielders. And uh, we have a definite candidate in uh, Vahid Amiri. And uh, a, um, a likely candidate in um, Saman Godos. And um, we have a possible candidate in Amir Hossein, uh, Hossein Zadeh. And a retired candidate, uh, a real veteran, Masood Shoje. Um, and, well, uh, at the time we listed uh, Vahid Amiri as injured, so I'll update on that. But let's first of all talk about uh, who made the squad. Well, uh, another player who was the captain of Iran, Masood Shoje, uh, they lose uh, to retirement. He played last in November 2019. So, um he won't be part of the picture here. And the possible candidate, Amir Hossein, Hossein Zadeh, uh, not selected. So we'll remove him from the list. Uh, but the other two candidates, Vahid Amiri, was selected and Saman Godos uh, also selected. So we'll update uh, Vahid Amiri because we had him as uh, injured and it seemed a fairly serious injury, a lumbar vertebrae fracture. So that's a, a fracture in his uh, spinal cord basically so that sounded quite serious and uh, we really wondered whether he was going to make the cup um but this back problem uh, went through march and through june and lasted all the way into september so it seems like it was uh, fairly serious however after september uh, he was playing uh, back with his club uh, persepolis there in iran and uh, um, i'm sure uh, Iranians will be happy to have this versatile player uh, back. He's coded as an attacking midfielder, uh, but we've seen him play uh, kind of as a left attacking midfielder. He also plays at the back in defense on the left. And uh, I have seen him also sometimes play centrally and on the right side. So a really versatile player and uh, making the squad um overcoming his injury. Saman Godos uh, also making the squad. And he's another player who uh, uh, was also seen in the kind of right central midfield role uh, as well. He didn't get a lot of starts. Uh, he didn't get a lot of starts, but uh, usually it was as a right attacking midfielder, or sorry, a right central midfielder. Okay, well, we move on to the forwards. And we have Sardar Asmoon as a definite candidate, or I should say had, because once again, this list was created during the uh, the full player podcast. Uh, we have uh, Kareem Ansarifard. Kareem Ansarifard as a likely candidate. And then we have two possible candidates in Kave Reze and uh, Alayar Syed Manesh. Uh, both possible candidates, and then two possible but unlikely in Ali Alipur and Shahab Zahedi. Um, 
and we are going to erase those from the list here. So Ali Ali Boran Shahab Zahidi not making the squad. I'll just make a quick note that uh, uh, Syed Manesh there, uh, Al Alayar Syed Manesh, uh, got a hamstring injury, and that was around uh, uh, from the middle to the end of August, somewhere in there, and his return date is unknown. So we did have him as a possible candidate, but uh, it looks like, um, uh, uh, well, I'm not sure whether the injury uh, um, is the reason he was not selected, uh, but regardless, he was not selected. And finally, uh, Cave Reza, kind of in the same situation. Um, he was injured uh, for the last three matches in, I believe it was June, uh, March to June, uh, with a, a fractured fibula, uh, uh, so a fractured bone. And uh, he was also a, a, an injury doubt. And once again, we're not sure if that was the reason. He wasn't selected, whether that injury is kind of ongoing and prevented his participation. But um, we do think, uh, um, yeah, but anyway, he wasn't selected. That's the long and short of it. Okay. So, um, sorry, let's go back to the, the uh, players at the top. And Sardar Asmoon was uh, selected for the squad, but uh, terrible news there. Uh, he picked up an injury, which I'll talk about soon. And then the kind of the super sub, Kareem Ansari Fard, uh, also making the squad. Okay, let's talk about Sardar Asmoon, because uh, I'm sure... Um, uh, he is at the top of the minds of Iranians. Uh, he suffered a torn muscle fiber in early October, and uh, uh, that continued on. He wasn't uh, 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 able to play the November game. Uh, the return date is unknown, uh, and it's said to be a six uh, to eight week injury. So if you think about it, uh, six weeks would put him... Uh, in the middle of November, right about now, eight weeks would probably cause him to miss the first game or even uh, the first two games. So he's such an important player anyway that uh, uh, I'm not surprised at all that they named him to the squad. Uh, it's just what role that injury will play. Uh, will it prevent him from playing the first game? Will it prevent him from playing at all? Uh, that's really tough to say. So uh, a big uh, a big shock there for Iranian fans, and I'm sure they'll be keeping a close eye on that one. Sardar Asmoon. And, uh, you know, think also when you think of forwards of Mehdi Taremi, uh, because uh, that's the position he's been playing over this period. All right. Well, we also have one candidate uh, uh, that I should mention, Saman Fala, and uh, he was actually a new candidate brought in, uh, but just to the preliminary squad. He didn't make the uh, final cut. So Saman Fala, uh, close, but not quite there. All right, let's move on to some statistics. So we did some statistics during the full-length podcast. They were based on kind of all the... Uh, uh, all the candidates, I think the uh, likely, definite, and possible candidates. Uh, but these ones are just based on the 20, uh, 20 I was going to say 26, but it's actually 25 for Iran. Uh, they only brought 25 players to the, to the tournament. And we begin with the average age, and Iran is, uh, wow, very uh, old, 28.9 years old. 
So um, we've been saying uh, 27 is is kind of old, but we have been noticing that for this World Cup, uh, the squads tend to be a little bit older, but uh, not as old as this. The average is 26.7, and then we consider something like 27.3 or something uh, kind of old. So we have Brazil at 27.4, Australia at 27.5. Uh, those are kind of the, uh, uh, the older squads coming to the Cup, but Iran beats them uh, by a year and a half, uh, 28.9. So that is quite surprising. Uh, but more interesting, if we analyze it, uh, they only have two players that are 33 uh, years old or older. And really what's causing the average age to be high is that they have no players who are 22 years old or younger. So most squads have, uh, you know, around six players or so uh, that are 22 years old or younger. But I'll put up the little chart I have here. And um, uh, we'll see that uh, it's really a narrow range for um, uh, for Iran. All of the players, oh, sorry, they do have a couple of players who are, th yes, two players who are 33 or older. But a, a pretty narrow range all the way from, uh, 24 years old to 34 years old, all of their players are in that range. And then the lower end, uh, they have one player who's 24, and then the next oldest player is 26 years old. So you can see why the average age is uh, so high on the squad. And I suppose they'll have to do something about that when it comes to rebuilding the squad after the cup. But I don't see a particular problem uh, with uh, the age of the squad bringing that level of maturity to the cup. I think it'll be an advantage to them. And certainly it is an advantage in terms of experience because the average caps is 20, sorry, 39.2. And uh, that's among the highest that I've seen. The average is 32.9. And um, we have a couple of teams who have more caps, but uh, definitely one of the most uh, uh, mature and experienced teams coming to the Cup. Um, I'll just put a little list of average caps and look at the uh, uh, look at the overall picture here. So, oops, we have... Uh, uh, Hadjisafi Esan Hadjisafi with 121 caps, he has the most. Uh, Ansari Ford has 94, and then we take a big drop to Vahid Arim, uh, Amiri at uh, 68 caps. So a lot of experience there. Uh, I would say about half the team with more than 30 caps, and then only three players with uh, with less than 10 caps. Two of them are goalkeepers. So. Uh, a very experienced team coming to the squad here. Let's move on to their scoring. Uh, total goals is 148, and uh, total goals per cap, 15.1. Um, uh, Those numbers don't make much uh, sense by themselves, so only in comparison to other teams. So um, uh, basically, the average goals per cap is 12.6. So Iran is quite a bit above that at 15.1. Again, one of the highest scoring teams that we have here. Now, in fairness, we should say that uh, they played some pretty weak teams in the first round of uh, World Cup qualifying. So they were scoring, uh, I think it was 24 goals over two games against Cambodia, I think it was. So that kind of skews the average. Um and it'll be diffi uh, uh, 
uh, a different story against the kind of teams they meet in the cup but on the whole uh, a fairly good scoring average and let's look at just a couple of their uh, scorers to see who we expect to get the goals and um, uh, we have um, uh, Ansari Ford with the most goals 29 goals over uh, 94 games and that is a 31 percent uh, scoring ratio so one goal every three games he's kind of their super sub he doesn't start uh, much he kind of comes on later uh, which makes that scoring record even more impressive most of them are scored uh, uh, you know late in the game basically uh, Mehdi Tarimi though is the uh, player that they're going to rely on for goals uh, 28 uh, caps and 60 goals and that's a 46 percent average that's that's very good uh, for a forward um uh, however after that it drops off quite a bit so uh, ali uh, golizade and uh alreza ali reza jahan bakesh both around 20 a little above 20 percent so those will probably be the players they would look for uh to score their goals and um yeah actually gotta say other than uh medi tarimi and uh, Kareem and Ansari Fard, who's a sub. Hey, wait a minute. Where is uh, uh, where is <laughs> Asmoon Sardor? That's the player I'm looking for. Uh, I think something went wrong with my list there, so I'll just uh, check my uh, check my other thing here. And sorry, I, I don't have Sardor Asmoon. Let me see if I can kind of throw him in uh, at the top here. Uh, Sixty-five. Uh, no, that's not right. Uh, 41 goals in 65 caps is what it is. So um, uh, his percentage is uh, 63%. I thought I thought something was missing there. Uh, 63%. So he would be the player they are most reliant for goals, reliant on for goals, and uh, uh, Mehdi Tarimi, uh, the other, and then the uh, a couple of the others chip in well. Sorry. Uh, about that mistake but um, let's move on to some summaries so we'll begin with their uh, notable non-selections we'll just summarize uh, these things most of which we talked about above so notable non-selections are uh, uh, defensive midfielder uh, but we changed him to left back Omid and Noraf Khan uh, we considered him a definite candidate, but he did not make the final squad. So some of this may come down to a new manager coming in. Uh, Salah Hordani, the uh, right back who we considered likely uh, was not selected for the squad. And also Milad Sarlak, the defensive midfielder who we considered likely um, also not making the squad. And I have one more to add and that is uh, one extra player. Uh, what do I mean by that? <laughs> what I mean is Iran is only bringing 25 of the 26 allowable players to the tournament. So uh, he could have added one more player to the list, uh, but decided to go with uh, 25. Let's look at some surprise inclusions. And we have uh, Payam Niazmand. Uh, a surprise in that uh, he is a fourth goalkeeper, especially uh, given that they are bringing 25 rather than 26. It also seems a bit wasteful uh, to bring a fourth goalkeeper to the tournament. So I'm not really sure 
what's happening there. Uh, I'm sure uh, he has a reason, so I shouldn't uh, question it. Anyway, another surprise, um, probably not to Iranian fans though, uh, Morteza Poralaganji uh, uh, coming back to the squad. But to those of us from the outside, we saw that he had last appeared uh, in June 2021. So uh, when he came back in, um, uh, it was a bit of a surprise to us. But I did have an Iranian student who I talked to uh, who wasn't surprised by that at all. So uh, I think it's just kind of from the outside, it looks surprising. Um, Abu Fazl Jalili. Uh, uh, the left back that was added, we had uh, we had uh, put him as a possible but unlikely uh, candidate, but he did make the squad. And um, again, uh, Ramin Rezaim, um maybe chosen over Saled Hardani. We speculated that maybe he had a bit of a relationship uh, uh, with the manager from from when uh, Queiros managed in the past and uh, uh, kind of uh, renewing that relationship with a few of the players he, he coached back then and bringing them back into the squad. Uh, we have a few new candidates too. This is actually uh, kind of bringing back a player as well, but uh, Ruse Bay Chesme. Um, but by new players, uh, it means that we hadn't considered them in the full-length podcast uh, during the summer. And they kind of are coming back from a long-term absence, longer than uh, uh, Pural Ganji. Uh, the other one is Ali Karimi. Uh, we thought he, had, uh, he was off the squad also, and uh, he made a comeback here. Uh, he's only 28 years old, so... Uh, Age-wise, it's not a surprise. Same with Chesme, uh, Chesme at uh, 29 years old, just that they hadn't played uh, for the squad for a while, uh, for, for quite a while. Okay, uh, updates on injury. So we'll begin with uh, those who have recovered from injury. So uh, Shoja Kalilzeda, Kalilzeda um, he had a hernia from March to June, but he is over it now. And uh, also another central defender, um, Majid Hosseini, uh, had a calf problem, but it turned out to be a, a short-term problem. Uh, we also had Vahid Amiri, and they're definitely glad to get him back. He looked like he had some serious back problems that lasted from March to September, uh, but he's, he is back, and uh, that's great. Uh, however, we do have one injury doubt, uh, but the players is still on the roster. So that's uh, Sardar Azmoon. Uh, that's going to be touch and go. We'll be keeping a close eye on that for the definite candidate uh, and top scorer, uh, Sardar Azmoon. So they'll be desperately hoping that his recovery goes quickly. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, we do have one player who was dropped due to injury. Uh, we think, we're not sure. He might have uh, not been selected anyway because he was just a possible candidate. But uh, Omid Ibrahimi, uh, it seemed like his injury, well, at least it ruined uh, any chances he had of being selected, let's put it that way. And uh, we also have a category for players who are injured but not strong candidates. Uh, we don't have, oh, we, we uh, I think we have one in that category. Just let me... Uh, uh, get it ready here, and that is uh, Kave uh, Reze uh, was in that category, uh, a, a fractured 
fibula. Um, and he may have recovered from that and just not been selected um, because I just noticed uh, at the very end there that he had been injured the last time we did the podcast. Anyway, uh, not a strong candidate. All right, well, now it uh, falls on us to uh, go through the squad again and uh, select uh, select who we think are going to be starters. So I'm just erasing the uh, those who, who made the squad. And um, let's go to, uh, well, Carlos Queiroz, the manager. Uh, we'll call him a de facto starter. Uh, let's go to the goalkeeper. So I'll list the names and then I'll give a brief comment on who we think is going to start. So we have Ali Reza Behrandvan and Amir Abed Zeda. Uh, and we have Hossein, uh, Hosseini and uh, Payam Niazman uh, as the uh, keepers who are brought to the cup. And on paper, it looks like it could be Behrandvan or Abed Zade. Uh, or perhaps the two alternating because they've played a fairly equal number of games. However, our feeling is that, uh, uh, and it is feeling more than, than rational logic, uh, the incumbent Berenvand was more likely uh, to start. And that's what we said in the previous podcast, and we'll stick to that here. But I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, he, uh, if that turns out not to be true and maybe uh, they share the position. Okay, central defenders. The candidates are Shoza Khalilzade, Majid Hosseini, Hossein Kanani, and uh, Morteza Poraliganji uh, uh, there. And uh, at the end of the full-length podcast, we had felt fairly sure that Kanani and Khalilzade uh, would be the starters because they started most of the World Cup games. However, since the friendlies in June, it's really been a mishmash uh, with Hosseini actually uh, starting more than more than any of the others. Uh, not that he started a lot himself, but just slightly more than the others. So I got to say, we really have no idea uh, who they're going to choose as central defenders uh, in this case. So obviously it'll be uh, two of the four of them because they always go with two central defenders. But we've kind of lost sight uh, of... Um, of the starters there, Kanani uh, and uh, Kalizade uh, didn't really start that much in the friendlies. So uh, again, and then in that November game, we kind of expected to see who the starters would be, and they went with an experimental squad. So I'm just going to wait and see. Maybe they'll have to work it out in the cup there. Uh, okay, left backs, we have uh, Omid Nurafkam uh, and Asan Hajisafi and Milad Mohammadi and uh, Abul Fazl Jalili, uh, Jalali. Uh, the reason they have four left backs there, uh, especially uh, Haji Safi uh, plays elsewhere on the field. He's just kind of coded as a left back, but that's just one of the positions he plays. And he did play it during this period. So uh, at the end of the last podcast, we had put Mohammadi and Haji Safi as a rotating or either one of them uh, starting, but we weren't sure which. Uh, now it seems more like Jalali and Hajisafi, uh, Jalali starting some of the friendlies. But again, we don't know exactly what that means. So it's a wait and see. Uh, however, we do uh, note that Hajisafi plays in other positions. So we still see him as a sometime starter on the field. He doesn't always start. 
um, but he, uh, we, we think that he will sometimes start uh, somewhere on the field, maybe as left back or maybe elsewhere. At the right back position, at the end of the la oh, sorry, the candidates are uh, Sadeg Mora, uh, Sa Sadeg Moharami, and uh, we were surprised that Saleh Hordani didn't make the squad, and it seemed uh, instead of him, uh, Ramin Rezaian was brought back to the squad. Well, on this side, it's a little more clear. We see Moharami as the starter. Uh, we did last time, and we kind of uh, we were reaffirmed by that because. Um, uh, oh no, he wasn't called up to the November friendly, but that didn't shake our confidence that he's going to be a starter. Um, especially after we saw he was selected for the squad too. Okay, uh, moving on, we have a defensive midfielder Said uh, Ezatolahi and Milad Sarlak. Uh, no, Sarlak didn't make the squad. I think um, I forgot to erase him. And Ibrahim, uh, Omid Ibrahimi didn't make the squad either. So we just have uh, Said Ezatolahi and uh, newcomer, or sorry, returning to the squad, Ruzbey Cheshmi. And then central midfielders, we have Ahmad Nurulahi uh, and Kareem, uh, Ali Karimi. Uh, wow, these uh, Iranian names are getting the better of me here. Uh, okay, so at the end of the full-length podcast, we saw Ezatolahi and Nurolahi as the starters. And we did see uh, Sarlak uh, moving into... Um, uh, a starting position more and more. So we, we coded him as a sometime starter. So we're going to stick with Ezatolahi and Nurulahi uh, as uh, starters here. Uh, but obviously we were wrong about um, uh, Sarlak because he didn't make the squad. So actually we did kind of regret naming. I, I guess this may be sour grapes, but it's not really. Uh, when I took a closer look at his participation, trying to understand why he wasn't selected, uh, I realized he wasn't really uh, starting as much as we had credited him and we probably shouldn't have named him as a potential starter. Uh, anyway, uh, or we just made a mistake. I'm happy to admit that too. Uh, let's move on to uh, left, uh, well, left midfielders and right midfielders. We didn't have candidates there. So let's move on to left winger slash attacking midfielder. And um, we have Mehdi Tarimi uh, here. So um, actually, Tarimi uh, didn't play here much as a left winger or left attacking midfielder. Uh, during this period, he played more as a forward. Uh, he is a definite starter regardless, though. Uh, in terms of the position, uh, in terms of the position of left wing and left attacking midfielder, it seems like the manager didn't like the combination of Amiri or uh, Jahan Baksh. So uh, that uh, those were the two during World Cup qualifying, but they haven't uh, shown up there during the friendlies. So he was experimenting with others during the friendlies. So really, we'll have to wait and see who fills in this position. But as far as players go, uh, we think Mehdi Tarimi will definitely show up on the field uh, somewhere. It would be kind of shocking if he didn't, but uh, maybe not as shocking as some might think, uh, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, over to the right wing, 
Um, in terms of position, uh, Golizade and Jahan Baka seem to uh, share the position, but uh, that's become a bit less certain under the new manager. So we will kind of have to see, but I do think it'll uh, remain the same in that case. Uh, in terms of the players, though, um, we do see both of them as starters because they they uh, both have started in other positions as well as the right wing. So that's not the only position available to them. So uh, we think both of them uh, will be starters here. Uh, okay, um, moving on to attacking midfielders. Um, we had uh, Vahid Amiri as a starter in that podcast. Uh, in the previous media cast, we said, if he's fit. Uh, well, it turns out he is fit. And uh, so now uh, we're going to more confidently code him as a starter. Uh, we had Godos as a sometime starter, uh, but we kind of reviewed that and, and thought he didn't uh, have enough starts to really merit that. For example, he only started one of the four friendlies. So we've kind of changed our mind on Saman Godos as a starter. Uh, and in the forward line, of course, a lot comes down to Sardar Asmoon, um, uh, Sardar Asmoon's injury. But of course, he, he will be a starter. Now, I said I'd come back to Mehdi Tarami. Uh, uh, you may be surprised to know that each of them, both of them, only start about two-thirds of the time. So uh, they're, they're not as guaranteed as they probably seem in the minds like, who would think that they would leave Asmun or Taremi on the bench? Well, they do. Uh, they do sometimes. Now, maybe it is for less important games or something like that, but I was surprised by that. Uh, anyway, so, um, well, Asmun uh, is going to be a starter if he's fit, but the problem is he's an injury doubt, so I'll kind of indicate that here with a, a purple uh, there. And uh, Kareem and, uh, and and Sarifard. Well, if Asmoon is uh, is not able to play, and Sarifard might start, but he seems to have carved out a position for himself as a super substitute, uh, coming on late and scoring his goals there. So he's not really a starter. I think he did start the uh, November or one of the September friendlies, but uh, it doesn't happen that much. And of course, on the forward line, we have Tarimi. Um, who uh, will likely be a starter, even if Asmoon is there, uh, uh, will likely be a starting forward. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of the uh, predictions there. And we'll just finish with some closing thoughts. And rather than kind of rediscuss everything we discussed in the team podcast about uh, uh, Iran's prospect, we're answering specifically this question, does the selection change our opinion about their chances? And I'm going to say uh, it slightly does change things for me. Uh, as I mentioned, I had a, an Iranian student um, in one of my classes, uh, had a really good conversation with him. I was really impressed with how knowledgeable he was about Iran. And he was going back to 2006, uh, telling me what a great team Iran had going into 2006. But then injuries really prevented them from... Uh, uh, showing what they had, you know, from, from doing as well as they thought they could do, uh, prevented their hopes from coming to fruition. So he was nervous about injuries uh, for this cup too. And at that time when we were talking, uh, Amiri Hosseini and um, Khalil Zadeh uh, were all injury doubts. And uh, uh, now they have Asmoon, uh, Asmoon's injury to worry, to worry about. 
my concern is not so much the injury situation, it's the changes that I've seen under the returning manager. So a lot of positions seem uh, kind of in flux right now, and it almost seems uh, too late uh, to, to do what they need to do to kind of settle the squad. I was really expecting in the November friendly that they would put out uh, you know, and even to a degree in the September friendlies, kind of put out their starters and get them used to uh, to playing uh, with each other. And to my surprise, the November game was highly experimental. In Iran's favour, though, is the maturity of their squad. So they may be able to overcome that, as well as the fact that he was their manager uh, even through the 2018 World Cup. So it may be uh, kind of back to familiarity for the Iranian squad, as far as I know. So, um, however, the instability I saw does make me worry a, a little bit uh, about Iran and uh, maybe uh, uh, eroding their chances a little bit here. So I still give them a decent chance of passing this group. In fact, I think uh, they have a fairly equal chance as USA and Wales. Uh, that's my feeling on it right now. And I really hope the injury to uh, Asmoon doesn't turn out to be like 2006 and I really hope the uh, uh, the disorganization that I perceive under the new manager uh, is not is not the way it seems to me and doesn't get in the way of their prospects so uh, good luck to Iran all right that brings us to the end of the podcast so keep in mind we may be editing together a list of the bios of the 26 final candidates so uh, rather than being a new podcast that'll be just kind of chopping and and uh, editing together the previous podcast which we did with just the 20 uh, 26 starters I'm, I'm i'm kind of doing that for myself because i would like to listen to that as i uh, prepare to go watch a team uh, meanwhile, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And our website, oh, I forgot to show the picture again. Uh, our website uh, there at the bottom of the picture for you YouTube watchers at soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And check the show notes too for links to our website. And uh, you'll find the previous uh, podcast, like the full length version that I've been mentioning in this podcast. All right. Well, I hope you uh, join us in our next uh, team update and uh, see you next time. <laughs>